physical training, self-defense training, firearms training, situational awareness, and the warrior mindset. Welcome to the Condition One Podcast. This is a podcast. This world podcast. Welcome to the Condition One Podcast. This is a podcast where we'll be talking about being ready. We'll also be speaking to victim survivors of physical encounters, how they dealt with the aftermath physically, mentally, and spiritually. All right, welcome to the Condition One Podcast by John Riddle. I'm your host, John Riddle. Today we're going to be speaking to Will Sherland of Gutter Fighting Secrets. First, let me uh, introduce you to my sponsors. My sponsor is CTG, the Crestwood Technology Group. CTG supplies the defense and aviation industries with critical parts and materials designed to keep fleets and systems operational, ready, and safe. You can check out CTG at ctgnow.com. Will, welcome to the podcast. Hey, John, thanks for having me on, bro. Man, you have so much energy. Uh, I've got to rub elbows with you, man. Take some of that from you. Uh, I'm watching your your uh, blips that you got up on Instagram, and uh, they're really good, bro. Really good. Entertaining, yet very informative. Uh, I really like it. So let me ask you a question here. Uh, why is your platform called Gutter Fighting Secrets? excellent question man so gutter fighting as some of you guys probably out there know is a world war ii combatants um now in the middle of world war ii there was a guy named colonel william fairburn and basically colonel fairburn wasn't always a colonel before he was working with the uh, allied forces he was a cop in shanghai and he, uh, he worked for the Shanghai Municipal Police. Long story short, this guy was a complete badass. He got in hundreds of knife fights and physical altercations. And he just, he knew his stuff. He was a judo black belt, and had been doing martial arts all his life. Not only martial arts, but he faced, you know, thugs on the streets with axes. Complete, complete badass. So he was hired in the middle of World War II to teach developing special forces units hand-to-hand combat. This guy developed a really, really intensive system of simple, simple moves that could be utilized by pretty much anyone and learned in a really quick time. So this system he named gutter fighting or defend you. This system went on to be used in World War II, Korean War, and so on and so on and so forth. And actually elements of this system are still taught to operatives in various government agencies today, it's that effective. So with that being said, the channel is named Gutter Fighting Secrets because we take that mentality of, hey, let's find something that really works. Let's find something that's really effective, not only for guys who have been studying MMA for 12 years or Kung Fu for 15 years. Let's find something that can work for everybody, be teachable to literally anybody, and utilize it and not only utilize the system, but also utilize that mentality of, hey, strike first, strike hard. Let's win this fight and move on to the next object- objective. 
So that's why we're called gutter fighting secrets. We take all of the little known secrets and mentality of gutter fighting and we apply it to today. We don't just leave the system like it was. We adapt, we adapt, we incorporate. It's like Bruce Lee said, use what is useful, make it adaptable, reject what is useless, add what is uniquely your own. And we really believe here at Gutter Fighting Secrets in that whole philosophy of, hey, let's take what works, add to it everything that we know now, more modern stuff, and reject whatever doesn't work because it's either too old or it just never did in the beginning. And uh, Gutter Fighting is just, it's such an effective system. I, I really have made it my mission to get this out there. You know, we've got Krav Maga, we've got all kinds of like modern fighting art systems, but the World War II combatives thing, look, it's so effective, but it's not talked about enough these days. So that's really my mission with it is not only to push this little known secret art out there and get it more out into the light, but also look to help people. Because as you know, John, today we're, uh, we're facing a brand new world and it's, uh, it's a lot more dangerous than it has been in the past. Absolutely. Absolutely. And fantastic, uh, description, fantastic description. Uh, and I can tell by the way you you are speaking about it, you are really uh, you know passionate about what you're doing. Do you teach? Do you have? Do you I hold do. classes? I do actually. We've got. Um, it's funny you ask because we've got our first seminar coming up here in August in New York City. That's going to be two days of nothing but gutter fighting. It's going to be literally Fairburn's system taught in two days and. The great thing about this system and the way we are doing it here is, look, this was meant to be taught in like two days to a week. It's not like an in-depth, incredibly like complex system like maybe Wing Chun or right. you know even JKD or arts like that. Mm -hmm. This was literally meant to be taught to guys in a few days before they go off to war. And so that's what we're going to be doing here. Um, after August, we've got something in the works in Maryland with um, some various uh, law enforcement agencies out there. So we're really moving here, and we're really uh, we're gaining traction. We're gaining a lot of speed pretty rapidly. Fantastic. Um, how when you train personally? How do you choose your offsite training locations? And do you have a like a personal prereq that you have in checking out these facilities and these trainers when you go someplace else to train? Yeah. So good question, man. Um, so when I personally train like myself and my own skills and abilities, uh, what I like to do is I like to have, I like to have a fight, man. You know, I like to fight hard, uh, whether that's rolling in jujitsu, whether that's hard sparring in Muay Thai. Um, I do a lot of sports stuff these days because it's easier, honestly, to go and roll at an MMA gym than it is to find someone willing to put on cups and duke it out like and, you know, throw knees at each other's balls. Right. It's just there's only a select few warriors that really are down for that type sure. of thing. But you got guys everywhere who want to roll and go hard at it. But that's really my priority when I'm going and looking at a new gym for myself personally uh, is to just find someone that's willing to go hard and beat me. Because if I'm not training with guys who are better than me, then I'm not going to be getting any better. But as far as like when I hold seminars and stuff. I like to hold them outside, man, because I want to get people experienced and, hey, what is it like to go down on the grass on your back? Or what is it like to be falling, you know, in unstable ground, working in, you know, 
dirt or whatever it is. Because, oh, yeah. uh, you know, as you know, John, uh, better than me, probably, when you're out there on the streets, man, you're, you're, you're not, there's no mats, right? Uh, so, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I, it's funny you say that because when we're when I'm training here uh, at my my facility, we'll train on the mats and whatever we're doing, especially when it comes to groundwork, uh, we'll do it on the mats. And I'll get them used to being on the mats for a couple of days, and I'll say, "All right, let's step outside into the parking lot." And yeah. I get these looks from people sure. like, "Where are we going?" I said, "We're going outside where it really happens," you know. And I said, yeah. "I want you, I want you to understand what it feels like to fall on the concrete." I want you to understand what it's like to move your on your back on the concrete and have to get back up again, you know, because you're right. It's a different world, and, and it's the reality of it all. Excellent, excellent. Uh, how do you prepare your body when yeah, you're getting that's ready a great for question. training, when you're getting ready for training? Yeah, I got to say, man, that's that's one of the – Best questions I've ever been asked, to be honest with you, because so guys, so few guys really talk about conditioning the body for combat. Um, I honestly think that, you know, uh, strength training is so important. Um, now, you can get into an argument, you know, what's more important, strength or cardio? Do you, are you too big to fight and you're not flexible enough or do you not have enough cardio because you lift too much weights? Look, there's a balance with everything, right? I mean, even the ninjutsu said long centuries ago, the, the path to enlightenment is walking in between the polar realms of light and dark, right? So to bring it to a more modern way of thinking, you got to have balance. But I think if you can go and crush some weights, you know, two, three times a week, minimal, right? And then you can get your cardio in, whether that's going for a run, whether that's biking, whether that's hitting the stair, whatever it is, or, or even if it's just rolling or doing pad work or boxing or whatever it is. You got to have both because if you're too weak and you can't lift someone off their feet, how are you going to slam them on the deck, right? Right. But if you're too big, you're not going to be able to like, you know, really move and you're also going to be hopping and puffing. And that's no good for a fight because, you know, John, as you know, when you get into it and that adrenaline starts flowing, you're out of breath even if you're a freaking marathon runner. So I really think that it's it's so important to have both. Yeah, definitely. How about your diet? Do you, is there any uh... – particular thing you do or is there uh you know is it just i take in calories doesn't matter how i get them yeah i know i'm completely the opposite from take calories doesn't matter how you get them i think you got to eat clean um i think it's again a balance right so if you want to go out on the weekends and enjoy life a little bit you really should but for the most part um i'm eating you know five six times a day i do the whole you know meal snack meal snack i try to keep my um, metabolism fairly high and then when I'm eating, um, it depends what I'm trying to do. If I'm trying to take weight off, maybe I'll weigh my food uh, and I'll eat, you know, chicken, you know, plain, plain steaks, that type of thing. A little bit of brown rice for carbs, you know, the whole eat clean bro type of mentality. But I really think um, not only just for weight maintenance and body function, I think for mental function, it's so important not to be eating this modern Western diet of pizza and junk food all the time. It really is no good. Um, for the body or the mind. All right, excellent. Yeah, I, I follow the same. Uh, you know, I try. We eat as clean as possible here. Uh, a lot of water, especially down here in South Florida, when it's yeah. right now, it's pushing probably uh, into the nineties right now. Uh, you know, we're coming into that hot season. I call it my rapid weight loss season uh, <laughs> because 
you know, I, I have a warehouse here, and what we do, what I like to do is close the garage doors down, turn the air conditioning off, and train for about an hour and a half. Hell and, yeah. And, you know, just take my shirt off when I'm done, take it out in the parking lot, and wring it out, you know, and fill up a, a quarter of a bucket full of sweat, you know, and I, that's when I feel I've worked, you know. But, the, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Uh, all the way, full circle training, uh, diet, uh, cardio. Uh, people don't understand uh, from from my education in doing this that the stress level in itself in an altercation, we don't even make contact yet. Uh, just the verbal contact that we make with somebody uh, can drain you. Yeah. And, you know, you need to be physically prepared for that. And then you have to be you have your uh, body ready for where it's going to get to go. Um, how about your thought pattern um, mindset, survival mindset, having your your mind preparing your body for where it has to go? What do you think of that? What's your thoughts on uh, your mindset, survival mindset? Man, I think that survival mindset is paramount above everything else. You know, it's like they, they teach the guys in the military in uh, various aspects of the SEER training, right? If you have that survival mindset, that's what's going to get you home. If you um, constantly tell yourself and reaffirm to yourself with positive affirmations, look, I can make it home. Why do I want to make it home? I have a family I'm going to make it home to my own bed. I'm going to sleep in my bed at night. It doesn't matter. You know, maybe we're talking about you've been taken prisoner somewhere, right? Or maybe you're talking about you're just out in the middle of the freaking, you know, woods somewhere and you have no idea where you are. Well, if you're constantly telling yourself, oh, I'm fucked, I don't have, you know, anything going for me, I, I might as well give up. Well, then you're going to die or you're going to perish, right? But if you're constantly saying, I can make it through this, I can make it through this, I can do this. Um, even if you don't believe that at first, just keep telling yourself that that positive um, way of thinking is going to carry you through. So if we can take that and apply that to kind of a street mentality, look, if you're constantly telling yourself, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, well, then you're going to be freaking afraid. But if you're if you can tell yourself, you know, I got this, I got this, I got this, even if you don't believe it at first, eventually that will become somewhat of a reality. And I'm not talking about, you know, the a secret or any hocus pocus mumbo jumbo like that. I'm just talking about straight up human psychology. If you give yourself positive affirmations enough, uh, you will kind of create the circumstances to make it so. So really survival mindset is very important. Now, when that comes to a violent altercation, John, in the street, like you were saying, man, like it becomes very mentally draining. Like you've got a big prison hardened thug coming up to you and really bothering you, especially when you're not expecting it, that can be kind of a really shocking experience, especially for guys and girls who aren't used to dealing with violence. Mm -hmm. So the mentality of screw this guy, I'm standing here minding my own business. He's coming up to me. The audacity on this guy is ridiculous. If he takes one more step further, I'm going to knock him in his chin and put him on his ass. That's the mentality that you need to have that, how dare he mentality, not the, oh my gosh, what's happening? I'm afraid I can't deal with this. No, that's going to get you start to shut down psychologically. That's going to get you nowhere. But if you can say, screw this, I'm going to freaking annihilate this animal and I'm going to freaking go through him. And if he's got buddies around, I'm going to get them too. That's the mentality that we need to start cultivating for ourselves 
to become successful in dealing with violence on the streets. Agreed 100%. And being able to translate that to your students is real important, right? Uh, to yeah, get that across so. to them to, to start building their own uh, survival mindset. Uh, I've had the honor of being on your podcast. Um, and that was a great podcast, by the way. Thank man. you, man. Thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, do you feel yeah, no, you were you were you were actually the executive protection stuff that you were talking about on mm -hmm. the podcast is uh, is still talked about like that was some great stuff. You also gave some great tips about home defense in the middle of the night waking up and kind of the stress levels that that can cause in the human brain, mm -hmm. which, uh, you know, coming from a SWAT guy of how many years have you have been? It's uh, it's valuable, valuable insight that we appreciate very much. Thank you. bro. I appreciate that. Now, in, in training. Um... Do you feel you get more information from instructors that have had realistic experience or do you get as much information from a traditionalist uh, just on the mat uh, type of yeah, instructor? Man, you're full of freaking good questions today, man. I can see you've done your due diligence here. Yeah, so um, I like – yeah, I like that a lot. There's two different ways of thinking about things here, right? Um, I've gotten great information from quote unquote traditionalists or guys who maybe don't have the uh, downrange experience. And then I've obviously also gotten great tips from guys who have gone downrange, been there and done that, whether we're talking CQB, whether we're talking, you know, um, street fighting or whether we're talking combat sports. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, there's a lot to be said for people who have studied things more on the academic side too, because People who have studied things on the academic side may be smart as hell, but they don't quite have those little nuances that guys who have been there and done it had. And then on the other flip side of that, you know, the the operator of 15 years who's been to Afghanistan two times and, you know, Iraq three times. Well, he may know a lot about what's going on, but he can't break it down in the same way that the academics can. So it's just kind of it's a give and take. And I think if you can learn from both sets of characters, then you're really onto something. Excellent. Great answer. Now, explain this to me. What is center removal and what is authentic combatives? Center removal? Yes. Uh, I'm honestly not too familiar with that term, center removal. Okay. What's the difference between the combatives today that's being taught and your authentic combatives, say, from Fairburn? Yeah, okay. Um, so... There's a lot of disparities about what Fairburn would have been teaching and what's going on today. Um, the main thing that comes to my mind is the way people train, right? And back in the day, these guys would train hard. They'd beat the crap out of each other. They'd really go at it. Um, and obviously, there was rules in the you know OSS training and the old Devil's Brigade and the special. They didn't want to injure each other to the point where they couldn't train anymore. So there were like two rules. Uh, number one was that you couldn't use like knife, live blades, right? Everything had to be either dull or uh, they didn't have a lot of rubber knives back then because of the rubber shortage because of the war effort. But they would use, you know, two inch thick rope uh, and train knives. But they figure out a way kind of around that not to cause injuries. You couldn't break bones um, and you couldn't dislocate joints. But that was kind of it. So the way these guys were training, not only did it harden the body, it got them used to being hit. It got them used to hitting other people, um, you know, got you used to going down and hitting the ground and then recovering from that. 
that was tough. But that generation was a tough generation. Obviously, they were going into very brutal combat, so they needed to train that way. Um, today, the closest we kind of get there, except for a handful of guys that are still teaching these systems, is maybe MMA training, right? Or if you go into a real crowd studio, uh, something like that. But a lot of schools these days have really watered down their content uh, to, to make it more applicable to that typical civilian type who, you know, they want to get a good workout. They want to break a sweat, but you know, do they really need to know hand-to-hand combat to make it out of a life-and-death situation? I mean, perhaps one day, but generally speaking, not. So that's, I think, the real difference between what Fairburn was teaching. You know, he was operating with knives, uh, pistols, weapons, you know, things that life-and-death situations. And whereas today, you know, we're dealing with how to throw a knee, right, how to how to give someone an oboe, but it's not quite the same um, stakes as going behind enemy lines. Okay. And that makes sense, right? Because I find the same thing here where people come in and they want to view, they want to take a look at the class before they, you know, they want to test run before they buy, right? And that's fine. Sure. That's fine. And then they see what we do in here and we, we never see them again, you know? Yeah. And you come across that? Oh, of course. Um, all the time. Yeah. And uh, it's it's too difficult to to get anyone to train, man. It really is. Yeah. Uh, people like to talk about it. Uh, people even I've had people at our MMA gym, man, and they come in and they join and they take a couple of classes. You never see them again, but they still pay their membership. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> they just they want to be involved, but they don't actually want to train. It's it's funny. Yeah, it is funny. It's uh, and, and, you know, coming from my world, I look at that and I'm like, oh, what is wrong here? You know, look at the world. It's not getting any better. The police are like five to six minutes away when you need yeah. them. So it's going to be you, you know. And I have a, uh, you ever heard of a company called 30 Seconds Out? No, no, I haven't. Okay, they've, they're in a, like an apparel type place. They're on uh, Instagram. And I, I got a flag from them. And it says, no one is coming. It's up to us. And it has some history to it from Afghanistan, if I, if I remember correctly. But I hung this banner in my gym, and I refer to it to people. And I said, see that over there? It says, no one is coming. It's up to us. It's going to be up to you. You're your own personal protection specialist. You have to be able to take care of yourself out on the street when something happens and until somebody comes to try to save you. And how long is that going to be? Right? And... I seem to think that some people get it and some people don't, you know. And like you said, it's it's kind of tough um, trying to get that across to people sometimes. Yeah, it really is. And I, I think you're so correct in saying that, man. People people don't realize uh, – some, some people do. Obviously, most of our audience is going to realize that because mm-hmm. they're listening to this in the first place. But then there's a lot of people out there who are still in that mentality of, oh, you know, I don't have to really work that hard. The police will come save me or – you know, whatever will come save me. But you look at, look, you know, we're in New York City right now in the in the tri-state area, mm-hmm. and we see it every day, man. There's sure. just violent criminals on the street who are intent on doing you very serious bodily harm, and no one is going to come and help you. Exactly. Exactly. You're your own personal protection specialist, man. So you're a firefighter by trade, correct? Am I right in correct. saying that? Correct. Okay. So how long have you been a firefighter? Six years. Okay. So how long have you been in the martial arts world? 
I've been in martial arts uh, since I was roughly 18. Um, I went to military school. After I got out, I kind of got into boxing, um, went through the Merchant Marine, did some other things, kind of trained on and off with Krav and some other things. Uh, then I got into um, DAS, Deadly Art of Survival. This was a New York City street system. It's really, it's not, I've never honestly seen it again or even referred to. But I trained with a guy named Garnett Struger. He taught me this system kind of in and out. It's kind of a mix of like Kujibu Jiu-Jitsu, Ninjitsu, uh, boxing, some other things. And that really got me fascinated in the reality-based martial arts. And from there, I just have trained in literally everything that I possibly could find. You know, Wing Chun, JKD, Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai, like all that stuff. Obviously, Wolf's Combatives um, for the World War II stuff. But yeah, I've been I've been in um, combatives in one form or another since I was 18. I'm 35 now, so definitely like yourself, man. It's a it's a lifelong passion of mine. You're 35. You're a kid. Good for you, man. <laughs> Good for you. Well, that's very kind of you. Tell me about Bill Wolf. Bill Wolf is uh is a hard nosed sob from Canada, man. He is uh kind of the last of the living lineages that you can trace actually directly back to Fairburn. He was. Uh, Canadian special forces guy. And then after that law enforcement guy for long, long time, he's kind of been through the gamut, but he trained in the O'Neill system and the O'Neill system, uh, Patrick O'Neill learned from William Fairburn and it's pretty much kind of the same system, except a little bit different, more of a Western boxing based, uh, stance and kind of thought, but very, very similar. And, uh, so then Pat O'Neill, he basically created the Canadian military's hand-to-hand combatives, unarmed combatives program. Uh, it was taught kind of the same way for a long, long, long time. Bill Wolf, you know, when he was in the military, went through that um, instructor's hand-to-hand combat instructor's course, learned the O'Neill system. Uh, he's also got a black belt in um, various other martial arts, done Muay Thai, things like that, uh, wrestling. So he's kind of run the gamut of martial arts uh, as well. And now he teaches uh, the O'Neill system. He's also obviously researched uh, Devil's Brigade. He was on a TV show called The Devil's Brigade. Uh, And just for our listeners out there, The Devil's Brigade was kind of the original special forces unit going behind enemy lines to wreak havoc and stuff like that. And they were taught, obviously, Fairburn, Fairburn, Applegate, O'Neill, Sykes system, if you could say. And um, it it was just uh, the type of thing where well look when i created gutter fighting secrets you asked me at the beginning john look what is gutter fighting secrets so when i first came out and i'll make this brief when i first came out with gutter fighting secrets it was a combative dvd just street stuff that i had learned over the years um a lot of fairburn stuff and then just mixed krav maga other things some jujitsu and uh i created a youtube channel to go with it i thought you know i'll sell some some dvds here i'll talk about combatives it'll be fun uh, but little did I know the demand that was really there for World War II combatives, right? So eventually I started gaining more and more traction. People asked me about this stuff. And I said, look, I know about the stuff because I learned some of it back in the day, but I'm no expert here. You know, maybe I can point you somewhere else and you can learn about this, you know, from them because I'm not a history guy, right? Like I just like to fight. But long story short, eventually I realized I really needed to get up to speed, especially if the channel is going to be called Gutter fighting secrets. I need to learn more about this. So I contacted Bill Wolf. Uh, and this guy is just a fountain of information. He was a nice guy. He replied to me. And uh, he said, all right, come to uh, Hungary. Go through my battle school. It was five days of consecutive training of World War II stuff. I went through a couple of those. 
and uh, have been talking with him ever since. I'm still in talks with him about his instructor course. Uh, but yeah, they, this guy is like really one of the last hurrahs as far as direct lineages back to William Fairburn. I saw your interview with him. Uh, it was very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, I couldn't figure him out too much, but I thought, you know, <laughs> the guys, uh, you could tell. You could tell he's a pretty hard guy, you know, and yeah. what he was talking about, the way, you know, you got to go hard. You got to go hard in this. And it's funny because uh, I used to train with uh, Kelly McCann. Yeah, okay. And, uh, you know, that one, one of the seminars when I went up there to the uh, Combatives Training Center up there, um, you know, we were training hard up there, you know, and it's like there's a specific special crew here under this roof that's doing this work, you know, and it was like you're either going to, you know, you either get into it or you get left behind, you know, and, yes. and it's it's just one of those things, man, you, you got to be prepared. If you're going to step into that arena, the combatives, the true combatives arena, you got to be prepared. And, uh, you know, I learned that through training up there with them. And, uh, you know, watching Bill Wolf and watching some of the stuff that he's done, same thing, you know, and I, but I think uh, Bill Wolf's uh, a super hard guy, man, like you said, you know. Yeah, and you talk about Kelly McCann, man, and this guy's kind of the American Bill Wolf, I really believe. He's, he's hardcore. I've always wanted to make it to uh, at least one of his seminars, I hope to in the future. But that guy, man, uh, you're privileged to have been able to train with him. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, in order to know, uh, know about something, you have to do it, not just know about it. You said yeah, that. I, right? I firmly agree with that. So, uh, any injuries, any injuries during your years of training that may have deterred you from continuing? Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, when you train like you and I do, man, you, you get injuries, right? Yeah. Um, but it was funny because <clears throat> it wasn't until the lockdowns and everything happened that I stopped training hard that I started really getting injuries. It was weird, right? But I think that's, you know, I've heard other guys say that. Um, all of a sudden, I got a something weird going on in my foot and then i had other things happen and it, i literally as soon as i stopped training hard every week my body almost started to say like all right that's it we're falling apart finally like you gave enough some time off bro um, uh, so, i, I yeah. agree with you 100 percent. i get the same thing you know and it's and i can almost tell the same story you know i go through bouts of you know especially with covid nobody around nobody to train with i come in i've got my own place so i can step yeah. into a big empty warehouse 2200 square foot warehouse and beat the hell out of the bag right and do yeah. do my weights and do my cardio but as far as making contact yeah exactly my shoulder started bothering me my my foot started bothering me my low back started bothering me. it was crazy you know it's whereas uh, who is it uh I forget the guy's name now. God, he just slipped out of my head. He's a former Delta guy. He's big mm. on uh, he's big on uh, Facebook and Instagram now. Uh, motion is lotion, he says. That's his quote, right? Motion mm. is lotion. You stop moving, you're gonna start hurting. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm a full full believer in that. You know that uh, you got to keep moving. I'm I'm 61 years old, man. You know, so. I'm still doing it, and I don't plan on stopping, you know. So as soon as I, I'm, I'm like an old car, as soon as I stop, I'm going to seize up. 
<laughs> you know. It's so true though, man. You got to you got to keep at it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right. So, I think we agree on that and the, with these injuries that may have occurred during your training, um getting back into training after the injuries, did you have any anticipation, any type of fear of, hey, you know, I'm I already was injured. Uh, I want to get back into it, but you know, I'm kind of swaying back and forth right now. Do I want to get injured again? And you know, do you ever run through something like that? Oh man, absolutely, absolutely. And um, that's again another solid question, bro. Um, yeah. So, and I think that's normal psychology, but I think it's even different for the combat athlete, right? Because the worst thing that could happen to us is to get injured and we can't train. Like we live to train, right? right. So. That psychological thing of, all right, this happened. I spent all this time off. But, like, what if it happens again? Then I'll be really screwed. Like, that's, I think, what's at the at the base of that, right? And I, I think you really just have to start slow. Um, I'm a really firm believer in, look, when you go back to training, especially if you've had, you know, a year off or six months off, however long you've had to kind of fall back, you, you can't just go back into it and expect to be where you were. That's how secondary injuries happen. You got to start slow. You got to give yourself, and you know, if you're like you and I, and most of our audience are probably thinking, I could do so much more. I don't want to be a pussy about this, but no, you got to just work back into it, whether that's, you know, a walk, run, walk mentality, and then, you know, run slow and jog, and then finally get back to running or whatever that is. Um, Don't, go full board because I, I firmly believe that's how your secondary injuries happens. I agree hundred percent. My, and my wife would tell would be on your side because she always gets on me about, you know, I'll take time off from an injury or something. And, and then I feel good and I go back and I'm going like 110%, you know, yeah, she sits there yeah. she looks at me and she just shakes her head. <laughs> you know, she sits there at her, at her desk and she's watching me on the mat with my guys. And she just sits there and shakes her head and she says, you've been out for a while. And then, you're all or nothing. You're an all or nothing guy. And she says, no, you know, no wonder you're always damaged. You know, it's funny. You're saying that my girlfriend's laughing to herself right now. Yeah. Same thing. Here. <laughs> hey man, uh, by the way, I'm glad you added her to your show. I mean, you guys, but the two of you, it's phenomenal. I love watching you guys. It's great. Yeah. We got a good dynamic going. Absolutely. She really gets it as far as the warrior mentality goes too. That's great. That's great. She trains. I take it. Yeah, yeah, we've been training together. Um, you know, she was obviously my training partner during the pandemic, so she's gotten a, an elite level of education during nice. these uh, these times off. There you go. Excellent. Great. All right, last question for you, buddy, and I'll let you go. Um, you know, we I think both of us uh, tend to have the same type of motto that we're uh, forever students. You know, that yeah. we're always, you know, we train. We train in our own thing, but we're always uh, looking for other things. We're always studying with other people to get, better um in your opinion if you could only choose one art to study which would that be and why oh man oh man that question um you know to be honest if i could only choose one art to study uh it would at this point man um and you guys are probably expecting i'm going to say gutter fighting it would be jujitsu um just because of the availability of it uh, the the way that you know when you go in there you fight every time you spar you spar hard you go home and you you feel like you've accomplished something um, now is jujitsu the end all be all absolutely not because they don't teach striking they don't teach weapons they don't teach multiple opponents uh, but 
it develops that fighting spirit. It makes you tough and it forces you to actually fight, which I think in the in the bottom line here of what we're talking about is you got to get tough to uh, to quote William Fairburn and you got to stay tough. And I think that the way that you do that is like we've been talking about this whole time to go to train to fight um, and to just stay hard. Excellent answer. And I lied to you. I got one more question for you. All right. If somebody wants to reach out to you and they want to train with you, how can they find out about you and how can they contact you? Absolutely. So um, our website, gutterfightingsecrets.com, is uh, honestly the best way to do that. You can um, definitely send me a message on there. What I ask people is, look, go ahead and subscribe to the website. We don't sell your information. We don't do anything with your information. Um, we won't even really email you at all. But if you subscribe to that, uh, you do get member discounts on our seminars. You also get uh, the ability to be uh, in touch with us directly. Now, assuming you've already gone and subscribed to our website, which would be an extremely smart idea, um, you can send me an email anytime, secrets at gmail.com. I'm always there for guys if they got questions, if they just want to chat, whatever it is, just get in touch, secrets at gmail.com. And then obviously, if you're on Instagram, uh, follow us there, send me a DM anytime, uh, more than welcome, and I'm always willing to talk about combatives. Perfect. Perfect. All right, buddy. Listen, it was great talking to you. Uh, I'll be reaching out to you again. Um, and I appreciate your time and your efforts today. Hey, I really appreciate you having me on. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. You bet. We'll stay in touch. Okay. Take care. All right, brother. Bye.